this week for birthday eight on the Netflix. This is your host Jade. And for today's episode, we will be going over three childhood conspiracy theory creepypastas. So I hope you're ready because this will probably ruin your childhoods. But this isn't just the first three child conspiracy creepypastas we'll be going over there will be more we'll be going over this month throughout October. So sit back, relax, and get ready for your sleepy fix. Our first childhood conspiracy theory revolves around the Powerpuff Girls. We all know about the Powerpuff Girls. For any of those who are the 90s kids from Cartoon Network? Well, here's something for you to think about. What if the Powerpuff Girls weren't superheroes at all, but were just pretending all this time? I mean, they are just normal little girls. But if you're confused about this, let me explain it to you. In this theory, it explains that Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup are just regular kindergartners and pretend to be superheroes to escape the reality of the life they're living in. The girl's father, Professor Utonium, isn't actually a scientist at all. It is believed he's simply an ordinary pharmacist who makes medicine in his basement for a company. This is the reason as to why the girls are never allowed in the basement. Mojo Jojo, the series antagonist, was actually the girl's half-brother, who was sexually interested in his younger siblings, and he attempted to capture them in any way he saw fit. This is a supposed reason as to why he is the most feared figure in the main series. Sedusa, another main antagonist in the series, is the girl's stepmother who would often abuse the girls whenever the professor wasn't around. Buzzy Lumpkins was a weird but strange next-door neighbor. He was known to often pull pranks on the girls. The Gang Green Game were a group of normal teenagers who would go along with their imaginations and would play along with the girls. Him, the satanic figure in the series, is the girl's homosexual uncle and the brother of Professor Utonium. Now, I've already mentioned that he is a homosexual, which the professor was against, saying homosexuality is the devil's work and he is evil, and also convinced his daughters to stay away from his brother, and never mentioned him by his real name, and always told his daughters to stay away from him. Finally, the mayor is the girl's grandfather, the mayor of Townsville, to be exact, who would often pretend to play along with the girls, calling them for help, and thanking them for saving the day. Now, this isn't just one of the conspiracy theories for the Powerpuff Girls, but there's also another. There's another theory that explains that the Powerpuff Girls are basically a fraction of one host body, 
this being that there is a result of multiple personality disorder of one girl who has an older brother who bullied her. This older brother would be the manifestation of Mojo Jojo in the main series. And these are what each girl represents. Blossom represents the girl that the girl in question wanted to be. She wanted to be matured and level-headed than a girl like Blossom and had an ego to boost. Bubbles represented the girl's soft and bubbly side. She also symbolizes the innocence and submissiveness that the girl had possessed in reality. On a few rare occasions, however, a bit of the girl's aggressive nature would soon be manifested into Bubbles. As a result, Bubbles is often shown as being rather feisty in the main series. Finally, Buttercup is the girl's aggressive side. Buttercup was created from the girl's thoughts of retaliating against her older brother, and Buttercup ultimately re represents her dissatisfaction with her life. However, despite Buttercup representing her violent side, she is shown as having hidden depths to her character. These depths, however, were mostly reserved for Bubbles' persona. Our next childhood conspiracy theory is another one from the 90s. This one has to do with a show from the Animaniacs. Now, if you are familiar with Animaniacs, you probably know Pinky and the Brain, but this one will really get you to start thinking of how creepy it is. What if Pinky is the real genius, and Brain is mentally insane with this obsession of wanting to rule the world? Think of it this way. In each episode of Pinky and the Brain, it goes something like this. Brain has an idea, Pinky makes an observation, Brain ignores it. Pinky ends up being right, Brain's plan fails. And there is more to this theory than just that. The opening title and the theme song. There's one part and the song goes, one is the genius, the other insane. But they don't specify who's who. But when you look at the title itself, Pinky's name is first. The second piece of evidence is in episode two of the series of the series. Brain creates a robot suit to compete in Jeopardy, but loses because he didn't know the answer to a question that Pinky had answered correctly. Not to mention, Pinky has shown that he can read, while Brain can barely spell his own name. However, one conclusive piece of evidence to show the theory can be true comes from the episode That Smarts. Brain creates a machine to calculate why his plans fail. Machine concludes that it's Pinky's fault. So Brain makes a smart machine to turn Pinky into a genius. But his personality doesn't change at all. However, during the time when Pinky was shown all the plants that Brain had, he began to see all the flaws of Brain's plans of why each of them would fail, which astounds Brain showing that probably the smart machine did work. That is, until he showed in the machine 
the calculator why his plans failed. When Pinky observed the machine, he noticed that there was an error in the brain's calculations. And after configuring with the calculations, the real reason why his plans failed is because of the brain himself. This shows that his smart machine never really worked, just like his other inventions. And Pinky simply took this opportunity to reveal his true self to brain for a while. Finally, the last piece of evidence that shows that Pinky is the real genius is throughout the entire Pinky and the Brain franchise, Pinky was not able to successfully rule the world once, but twice. One of the episodes is called Pinky's Turn. After yet another failed attempt from Brain, he lets Pinky come up with a plan to take over the world. Surprisingly, this plan works. And while Pinky plan Pinky's plan is on the verge of succeeding of taking over the world. Brain steps in to try to finish the job, but as soon as Brain steps in, it collapses and they start all over again from square one. This was even shown in another episode where Pinky was successful in taking over the world. But as soon as he passes the power over to Brain, everything starts to collapse and once again they start all over again from square one. It's best that Pinky should be the one that should take over the world, and not Brain. And Brain should just sit in the sidelines and let Pinky take over, as he seems to know what he's doing. Our last childhood conspiracy theory is about SpongeBob SquarePants. This one is a bit different, but you probably may, might be familiar with this. But in this theory, it explains that all of the seven main characters in Spongebob each represent a common deadly sin. And if you don't believe me on this, I will explain this to you. As mentioned, each of the seven main characters in Spongebob each represent a common deadly sin. And it goes as follows. Patrick is sloth, which is excessive laziness. Something Patrick is really good at, to the point where, in the episode Big Pink Loser, he got an award for doing absolutely nothing. Gary, SpongeBob's pet snail, is also, is also a representation of a deadly sin, as he represents the sin of lust. He doesn't really do much aside from eating, although he is shown to be very intelligent. But there's also a running gag in the series where Spongebob would say, Don't forget to be Gary, and I gotta go home to be Gary, assuming he eats a lot. Plankton, Mr. Krabs' arch-rival, is the sin of envy, which is why his life clearly revolves around his hatred for Mr. Krabs' success and tries to find many, many ways to steal the Krabby Patty secret formula. But on the other hand, Mr. Krabs is an incarnation of greed, which is marked by an excessive love for money and material things. Mr. Krabs lives for money and will do anything to get it, even if that means putting himself and others at risk. There's no doubt in mind that Squidward is the sin of wrath, which involves an uncontrollable hatred towards everything. Squidward hates almost everyone and everything in Bikini Bottom, 
except for himself and a clarinet. There's no doubt in mind that Sandy represents the sin of pride, as she is highly competitive as a big ego and is very proud of her Texas heritage. I mean, hell, she even wrote a song about it in the song Texas, in the episode called Texas. Finally, we cannot forget about the titular character himself, SpongeBob SquarePants, who, according to the theory, represents the sin of lust. This term is understood as an excessive sexual desire, but others define it as an excessive love for others, which is where SpongeBob falls, as he certainly shows an incredible amount of love for his friends and for Squidward, who sadly doesn't consider himself a friend of Spongebob, to the point where it could be annoying for some. And that was three childhood conspiracy theory creepypastas for today. I hope you got your fix for this evening. Stick around for tomorrow because we'll be doing something a whole lot scarier that will really send a chill up your spine. To end the episode, whether or not you believe in the term nerd or not, keep loving what makes you, you, and stay awesome. Thank you so much for sticking by. This is Jay from the Nerd